Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I wonder, I wonder if things, things are really changing, really changing Duncan, the way I feel like they're changing. I wonder if it's just my circle of people, and I wonder if it's just uh, the people that we come in contact with through the podcast and through Twitter, the, all the, the, the positive people. I wonder how much the world shares in the sort of the, the vibe that we that we feel and that we're riding and i always wonder if that is what if putting that out there if if it's possible that we can get our shit together by using the internet by using podcasts by using you know uh, different ways to communicate to each other that we can somehow or another all be reached and all get our shit together in this generation more so than anybody's ever done before well, you know, man, I mean, I think that there has to be a, um, you know, everyone has to keep using the technology. It's like, dude, like when I went to fucking Cincinnati, my, this guy, I met this awesome guy named Izzy. He, was, he started his own podcast from listening to your podcast and listening to my podcast. He started his own podcast called Tales from the Hard Side. Uh-oh, here comes trouble. Hey, what's up? This is Tom Segura. You're listening to Izzy Rock. Tales from the Hard Side Podcast. Hey, this is Brendan Walsh, and you're listening to Izzy Rock on Tales from the Hard Side. I'm here with my man Izzy motherfucking Rock, so pay attention. Talk to you by Matt Flavor. So, check yourself before you wreck yourself. These are tales from the hard side, painted so vivid. Kicking real life stories, not woven or knitted. Izzy Rock brings that rawness to all who listen. Dropping heavy knowledge, knowledge, and sharing some wisdom. Going down that rough road only makes you tougher. It's a beautiful struggle, sometimes we suffer. Let the people know you aren't in this alone. This talk is deep, it cuts down to the bone. No fakeness here, this as real as it gets. Hazardous on the mic, kick it live and direct. Spread that vibe everywhere, all across the globe. The idea's real simple, there's no secret code. Reach out to the people, spread that positive energy. Cause we're all looking for a little bit of serenity. Whatever little part of this planet you live in, these tales from the hard side are now transmitting. Transmitting. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 233 of the Tales from the Hard Side podcast, released on Sunday, August 7th. 2016. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and tell you if you want to support the Tales from the Hard Side podcast, just go rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, in whatever way you listen to the podcast. Go rate, review, and subscribe. Share it. Follow me on social media at The Izzy Rock. I'm going to do an intro here and then I'm going to have a podcast with Shelly Holtz and Brian Sudeth about Story Slam Dayton. If you guys like the moth, these people in the Dayton area started a show called Story Slam Dayton, where they have new storytellers come up. In fact, they'll tell you all about it at the end, but I want to talk about some things for this intro and tell you guys to, yeah, go check out Jump City Podcast. We do a lot over there. I want to say congratulations to Eric and Hope from The Mediocre Show. They have a son named Brock. 
He's about four years old. I think he's four years old. They just had a son on August 3rd. His name's Cole Edward. He's a new member of the nation. Welcome to the world, Cole. Your dad and mom are awesome. Congratulations, Eric. And let those guys know that you that you dig the podcast and that you heard about the mediocre show from the Tales from the Hard Side podcast. On Thursday, I went to have a podcast recording with Burris Dixon. He's the singer of Me and Mountains and the band Lioness. I went to Proto Build Bar, which it's a makerspace. They do 3D printing. They do soldering. They have the world's largest claw machine. They have Tesla versus Edison Street Fighter type game where you can actually shock your opponent. Pretty badass stuff. So I want to um, thank Proto Build Bar for allowing me to come in. That podcast was awesome, and I've been listening to the album Gold for Me and Mountains since Burris gave me it, and it is amazing. I can't wait for you guys to hear it in a couple weeks. I'm featuring a couple of the tracks, and so stay tuned for that. On Friday, I went to Germantown, Ohio to watch Henrik Kuto. He's a local film director. who That's his job. He directs movies. He has a movie called Amityville No Escape at the Baggio Theater, and we went, when we went to Germantown, my wife and I, my wife Amy, we went to the Mud Lick Tap House, and I had some Trogs, Mad Elf, 11% alcohol, amazing beer, and uh, we had a good time, had a good dinner, I had a Caesar salad, I've been eating a lot of salads lately, my wife had a steak, and she said it was delicious, and then on Saturday, my sons and I, in this weekend in Ohio, it's tax-free weekend, so on Friday, Saturday, and I think Sunday, you could go to the store and buy anything under $75 for clothes, things like that. It's tax-free. So we went school shopping for my kids. I got my own. I got me a pair of shoes, Vans, slip-ons, all black. I've been wanting these for a while. We went to the Kenwood Mall, I think is it's called. And that is a shitty mall. <laughs> There's a lot of places closing. Uh, and then we went over to Jungle Gems. There's a lot of Pokemon over there. So my boys wanted to go there and we did some grocery shopping. I got some funky Japanese candy. And we got a bunch of seasoning. So we're going to make some killer food when I get home from Gym City Podcast, which I'm recording this right now in between podcasts, waiting for guests. I recorded a podcast today with EZL Loco, Thundertaker, and the 1984 Draft. So thanks for listening, guys. I've been watching Shameless. Please go check it out. Meant to go see uh, um, Suicide Squad. I didn't get a chance to. Hope you guys are doing well. My son, he football. Oh, we, we went to orientation for my 17-year-old son, almost 17-year-old son, Christian. He's starting a new um, career technical school where he's going to learn web applications and game programming. So... Good luck to him. Congratulations, Christian. You're awesome. Here it is. The podcast that I recorded with Shelly and Brian from Story Slam Dayton. But before we get into that, I want to play a track from, because this Friday I'm going to go see the Claypool Lennon Delirium. And I've been listening to those guys a lot. Love that band. I want to play a track called, from the album Monolith of Phobos. I want to play a track called Cricket and the Genie, Movement One. I think that's what it's called. So, all right, here it is, Cricket and the Genie. 
Later, guys.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Gym City Podcast. This is episode 298 of the Gym City Podcast, and uh, it's being released on August 5th, 2016. Today, we're going to talk about Story Slam Dayton. And I have a couple guests with me here, and I want to I'll go ahead and have them introduce themselves. Uh, wanted to let you guys know we are recording on the third floor of Folio Design House, which it's on the third floor, but Folio Design House in the heart of the Oregon District. If you guys need anything done as far as marketing, design, check out Mark DeGrosa and the guys from Folio Design House. But go ahead and introduce yourselves and uh, let's talk about Story Slam Dayton. All right. Shelly Hulse. This is, I'm Brian Sedef. Where can they to- find you guys on social media? Ah. Ooh, all over. Well, uh, we do have Story Slam Dayton Facebook page. So, facebook.com slash Story Slam Dayton. So, that's pretty much where everybody can go find right. everything about Story Slam. So yeah. Story Slam, the way you described it was that it was it's kind of inspired by the moth. Absolutely. Now, the moth, a couple years ago, when I first really started getting into podcasting, I checked out the moth and heard the various storytelling, uh, the episodes that were you hear these great stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see that being an inspiration. So Dayton has a bunch of storytellers. And so it inspired you guys to start doing that here in, in Dayton. So yeah. how, how did it start? Well, it was my mission to find storytellers. I started listening to The Moth about 2006. I uh, was homeschooling my daughter, had a whole lot of home, uh, time at home. And uh, listened to a lot of This American Life and that kind of thing. So I got interested in The Moth and Transom.com and StoryCorps, which was another thing. So this whole uh, sort of rebirth of storytelling was happening. And a lot of people were pushing for this movement for the National Archives to start uh, finding more voices, American voices, because like folks with uh, like Studs Turkle, you know, he was just the average American and he was a brilliant, you know, you've listened to him, I'm sure. And so um, stories were just kind of getting lost for a while. And then with the uh, when the Internet came along and uh, com- communication just blew up, then it was an easier thing. And then when people were um getting on social media at the time, MySpace, you know, you could find other people who had the same interests. And so I wrote to the moth in 2006 and said, Hey, what can I do to have this happen in my town? And they, I got kind of a snooty NPR feel vibe from the headquarters 
uh, sort of condescending, like, well, why don't you try this in your living rooms and get back to us? And I thought, okay, uh, we'll do that, and I will show you, <laughs> you know. So um, at the time, I had a friend who had opened a coffee house here in the Oregon District called Jasper Wall Creative Sounds Cafe. And uh, so I started doing it there. And I, I had just, about two years prior, had um, wrapped up my um, my past life as being an improv performer. I traveled with an improv troupe for two years. And so I was doing sort of a hybrid of improv and the moth kind of thing. And so I started out with bringing in someone who was recognizable in town, having them do a short, true monologue about something in their life, and then the improv players replayed it. So uh, in the I.O. West, uh, Improv Olympic West, there's a show they do called The Armando, where they bring in a movie star, someone famous, and they do their monologue, and then the improv cast does this. So I did that, and... Um, then I started doing more just moth kind of things with no improv and getting more of a community feel. So um, that in another program called Mortified was one that I was interested in where people would bring documents from their past, from the teen years or preteen years or something, and in their adult life they would read it publicly. <laughs> That's and, not embarrassing or anything. Oh, no. And so Mortified is still running strong. So um, I just kept pushing along, pushing along, thinking, how, you know, how can I do this? And then Jasper Wall closed, and I started taking it to other shops. And then my good friend Shane Anderson opened Ghostlight Coffee in 2011 uh, on Wayne Avenue. And that was a perfect setting. That's where it really started getting its legs because it was a very intimate, comfortable, felt like you were someone's house feel and so people were feeling good about it and um and then the other thing that kind of gave it legs was that um, nina ellis became the general manager of wyso and she's got a long long deep long roots background in npr and I, so i went to her and i said look i've been doing this thing do you think you can help me with with the moth and all that and so um We've had this conversation now since about 2011, and she said, well, I have a program coming up I think you'd be interested in, Community Voices, where we take people from the community, train them to be producers, and write for radio. And so I was a guinea pig in that first class. And out of those classes and the pieces I was doing for WYSO, I started meeting more people who were like-minded, who loved this American life and all that. Then Nina brought StoryCorps, to Dayton. They brought the Airstream and parked it in front of the Schuster and people came. And then out of that, YSO started developing more programs that they got funding for. Um, like reinvention stories and local lore and veterans voices and things like that. So this whole storytelling boom it just happened since like 2011. It's really blown up. And so... Um, you always have those, those, I was doing these once a month, and then once in a while, someone will walk through the door that you've never met and tell a story, and you go, holy crap, that guy is a great storyteller, and enter Brian Suddeth. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky me. 
And, and oh, lucky me. Both of you guys are uh, uh, wonderful and really put yourself out there on social media as well. Um, yeah, Brian, I, I've been wanting to talk to Brian for some time. He's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's got a lot of stories. <laughs> so how'd you, how'd you get into this? Yeah, I, like everybody else, I, I found them off on NPR and fell in love with the premise that it was uh, live storytelling. They were true stories. They're told in the first person. And what, what I heard uh, was it's unscripted. So you hear uh, not talking points. You don't hear um, necessarily worldview, but you can hear a person's heart. You can hear their character. And I fell in love with that. So I, I was searching. And uh, in 2012, I quit my job as a, as a fundraiser in the nonprofit world and was really reinventing myself, like trying to find out where I was going to exist in this community. And I walked in a ghost light in the summer of 2012, and they told me I could tell a story in front of these people. And uh, I don't remember, I, it was then, but I was a pretty regular, and I won once, and I, I told stories, and, and I began to meet people that I ha- would not have normally met in, in town. And, and I learned quickly how eclectic uh, but accepting Dayton is. And uh, my background is, is uh, not eclectic and it's very um suburban and whitewashed and far right and but when you get on stage people then didn't see me as this republican in khakis from the suburb because i was telling a story that they could identify with and it really began to change the way that i i saw uh, performance and art and my writing and uh, my worldview begin to change based on this community people telling stories and so I knew that I had to help Shelley become successful in growing this to uh, a standalone event in town. And so I was a regular ghost light, and then we moved to Black Box, and uh, it was a different type of venue. And, and, and we were trying to, Shelley was so persistent on trying to find this perfect recipe to make this event happen in, in a town full of stories and people who want to tell those stories. So. Uh, I began to search and search to, to, to find the answer to, to make this successful. And uh, I discovered that the Moth organization in New York City, it's kind of the, the parent organization in this movement, was hosting official events in Louisville every month. So in February, uh, a friend of mine and I, we drove to Louisville on a, sort of a, a fluke. The way the Moth works is that people come in and you fill a room and if you want to tell a story, you simply put your name in a basket and they draw randomly. So 10 people get on stage that night and uh, there are rules. It's got to be a timed story. It's got to be on theme. It's got to be in the first person. It's got to be constructed. And my name was drawn like ninth. I thought I just drove three hours and I could tell a story. And I told a story on a moth stage, which is kind of a big deal in the storytelling circles to get on stage. And I won. And uh, they're judged and there's a winner at the end of the night. And and I won, and I was hooked. And so I went back a couple months later, and I won again. And uh, I began to then work with the producer there and uh, the NPR affiliate there to, to, to talk about how they got to that point of where 300 people would pay a cover to hear 10 random strangers from the community tell a story. And to me, that, that's just a, to me that's like uh, the best of all theater. Like people aren't paying because they got a playbill of a, of a reviewed play that they're coming to see or an artist that's been reviewed. 
they're coming knowing that it's going to be 10 random humans bear their soul on a microphone and a stage and they're willing to pay for that experience mm-hmm. so I quickly come back to Dayton after that second experience and gathered people and uh, begged Shelly's permission to uh, run with this in, in a different direction and um, we launched uh, two weeks ago with uh, 70 people in a room at Wiley's and uh, there were heartbreaking stories and but the room is like a big hug mm-hmm. yeah. and to me that night rocked and so now the trajectory has changed and uh, with Shelly's persistence and hard work and passion and then this new movement um, it's, I couldn't be more excited about any project I've worked on in Dayton in 10 years yeah so when uh, you know a lot of people will go see comedy or they'll go listen to people talk but storytelling is a totally different beast it is and um, so what kind of stories are you getting from people and are these people do they have their thing planned out like a lot of comedians they have their whole uh, bit that they do it's all practiced it's all planned out how does this happen? Do you stand in front of a mirror? Do you write everything down? Or are you just It's all there? over the map. Yeah. Um, some people workshop their stories. Uh, Brian workshops his stories. He'll tell it over and over. He'll videotape it. He'll do it in front of friends. He'll time himself, that kind of thing. And there are folks who, who do that, have that approach. Then there are others. It's kind of like a revival meeting. You get there, and you start hearing people speak, and you go... I got something on that theme. Because, see, there's a theme every month, and the stories are based on that theme. And we give you a month to think about it. The first one that we just did, you know, since we got the 2.0 going, the theme was failure. A lot of people can identify with that. And so as the night goes on, and I say this when I introduce the night, if your heart is beating really, really fast, well, you're listening, then you are supposed to be telling your story. So sometimes they'll go, okay, I got to do it. And they, they you know, and, and they, not, they haven't worked it out. Or like Brian and I will work out a story on that theme and you're ready and you're sitting there and you're going, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I've rehearsed it. And then you hear somebody else tell maybe almost the same story and you go, crap. Well, okay. I switch gears, you know, and, and that's where in my life, improv has really come in handy. So you, you go, oh, I, I'm going to drop this, or I'm going to add this, or I'm going to leave out the part about that. So it's everywhere. It's, it's people who've walked in the first time. Like when Brian walked in the first time, he didn't know. You know, he just did the story, and he, but he did it so well. He's, got, he's so well-spoken. But then there are other people who stammer and stutter, and they, they've just puked out something really personal. Yeah. Their heart is there. So that's the great, what I call, head fake. You think you're coming to hear stories. You think you're coming to tell a story. But it's about you're coming there to relate. And you leave with new friends. You leave knowing new people. And it's a community builder. It's not, it is entertainment in a way. But it's not about entertainment. Sure. And it's not about, um, let's find a thing like Pachacacha that's going to, you know, wow a lot of people, which is great. And, and I'm a huge Pachacacha fan, and I presented, Brian's presented. Those guys are doing a great job. Oh, what, but, what is that, by the way? The, the PK. Oh, yeah, PK. Dayton has a huge Pachacacha movement where it's a structured public 
presentation of something. So it's built on 20 uh, PowerPoint slides that are timed at 20 seconds apiece to present an idea, to present an experience, or to present uh, a concept, or to teach somehow. And it's a great movement here in town. They do it four times a year. And, and if uh, listeners are interested in Pecha Kucha, it's P-E-C-H-A, K-U-C-H-A. Look it up in Dayton. It's really cool. But to your original question, like, do people rehearse? No. You know, some of our best stories this month were rehearsed and ready and workshopped. But then uh, a young lady from uh, from Cedarville, or not from Cedarville, from Yellow Springs, from Antioch College, mm-hmm. came down mm-hmm. and uh, at the intermission put her name in the hat and uh, explained the struggle she had as a college student discovering she was bipolar. And you saw this young lady just bare her soul in front of this room. Mm-hmm. And the room is so loving and so accepting because now you, you're, you're part of her experience. So the fact that it was unrehearsed or unscripted, that, that didn't matter because you've learned mm-hmm. what you, you had this unique view from the inside of the heart of this young lady who fought be, learning she was bipolar and how that allowed her to understand the problems she was having in college and then, then how she could be successful in the wake of that diagnosis and treatment and understanding, it wasn't like reading about bipolar disorder. Like we've read about it, like, oh, that's, that's horrible for that person. But suddenly when she's on the stage 15 feet from you, unrehearsed, telling the story about her first year of college and learning this, then this empathy and understanding just grows in a way that you can't learn from a textbook or from a website mm-hmm. because she's there. And not only is she there, but when she gets nervous, and the whole audience sort of holds their breath and leans in. She knows she's safe. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we have people who want to do stand up and talk about their dick. Uh, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the beauty. That's the beauty. Like then you're going to get a story about a guy who tried to get lucky and failed. I mean, the the range in ten stories in two hours on the same topic is mesmerizing, and you, your is. heart can break. And then you could double over laughing because this guy's experience uh, of getting shot down or whatever will, will make you laugh so in a different way. So there's only 10 people. You get five minutes. Oh, wow. So, and you don't know if you're getting called or not because your name's going in that bag and the teller leaving the stage reaches in, grabs the name of the next person. So you may or may not even make it. Now, when Brian and I went down to Louisville Moth in June... It was like a record number of like 27 names in that bag. And out of only 10 people getting um, called, we didn't, we didn't make it that night. But it was sure, you know, great night. You, you can't lose when you go to a story slam. You just, you know, there's no losing. So now we give a prize, but the ma- the moth is the prize is you can say you won the moth, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you get invited to a grand slam at the end of the year. Um, so it's kind of the more the prestigious thing, but we actually we actually offer prizes for the the so, winners. So what is the what is the future of story slam now as far as venues? Uh, how often are you guys going to do it? Awesome. Um, things like that. Yeah, we've landed a new permanent home. So we're going to be at Wiley's a Comedy Joint here in Oregon. It's accessible. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've set the door charge of five bucks. There's an open bar, uh, a cash bar. Oh, the bar's open. And we're going to be there the third Wednesday of every month. Nice. And our plan is to go, just to run full speed. 
And uh, so we encourage anybody, if you want to hear great stories or tell a great story, the third Wednesday of the month, we promise we'll be at Wiley's. And uh, there's a stage and a mic uh, waiting for your story. And I, I might mention, too, that like out of, out of the original Story Slam thing that I've been carrying for the decade, other people have moved away and even started doing that kind of thing where they moved to. But we have one gentleman who was a regular at the Story Slam, Jamie McQuinn, who works for the Dayton Public, uh, Dayton Metro Library. And he said, I'd really like to be doing this at the library. Would you kind of coach me, tell me how that works? And, you know, are you cool with doing it? And I said, absolutely. The more people getting stories out, the better. So he does his on the last Monday of the month at Bricks. And the rules are very, very loose. It's really just a room of people having drinks and snacks. And um, if you break the time barrier there, which is very generous, um, no big deal, you know. But this is more not, I don't want to say performance or competition because it, 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 it makes people nervous. But it really is like we want you to come with a quality delivery hook us give us a twist make us laugh make us cry i mean i heard a story on the moth one night i was driving and i had was crying so hard i had to pull over in some of the best yeah and and this i'll just really really quickly tell you how she did it she talked about being a heroin addict down on her luck she was she was a wealthy girl brought up in a perfect perfect life found herself with the wrong guy Got hooked on heroin, had a baby. She was abandoned in a hotel with no food, starving baby, everything. She found a piece of paper her mother had wrote, wrote a phone number on and said, call this number. This guy will help you. So she calls the number. She talks about, she lays it out, how she's on the phone with this guy until the sun rose. And he helped her. And he just listened. And he talked. And she said, well, my mom said, you know, you're a Christian counselor and that kind of turned me off i didn't want to call you so how long have you been a christian counselor and he said i need you not to hang up when i tell you this you dialed the wrong number (laughs) yeah just a random thing and so that hook that twist at the end man and she talked about how that one man sacrificing an evening of sleep with nothing to gain gave her hope and and she went on to tell how successful her life has become because it's stranger. And so the moth producer at the end said, if you are that man and you are listening, you know, would you call our, or contact our office? We'd like to reunite you or whatever. We want you to know how she's doing. So, man, you know, in just a few minutes there, and I'm carrying, still carrying this story in my head. I know her name. I know everything. So when you walk out of this room, you're not just remembering that guy who told the story about his dad was a truck driver. You know Brian. Yeah. Now you know Brian. You know. This is like improv games. When you do improv games, you associate your name with, a, with an action or a word, and that's how we make the memory association. So this is more than just memory association. You're really connecting with a person. You know, if somebody sees Brian out somewhere, they go, that's a dude that told the story about his dad and driving to Disneyland and the semi and you know it's great stuff yeah and uh it's i mean that's what really connects us is our stories Mm -hmm. because no matter what walk of life you come from no matter where you 
where, what family you grew up in. If you can find a, a connection through failure or through something like that, mm-hmm. it can really bond you. And I think, uh, and it builds community. Yeah. Like what, what you guys are doing, you'll have, now you'll have people go into this uh, and you'll start building a community because you'll see yeah. each other all the time. And so people out there, if they've, maybe they don't want to do stand-up comedy or maybe, you know, they're working at a job Monday through Friday and they want to do something as a hobby and they feel like they got a story to tell. Yeah. This could be something where they could go and you meet people and you share your story and it, it might change somebody's life just like that, that call did for that person. Yeah. And, and so many friendships and things, networking has happened through there. I mean, you met Elam. Dosa yeah. through there and through through the story slam Ellen met Justin Howard from the black box and now she's doing improv and and because of that she got to go to New York and compete at Amy Poehler's improv fest I mean it's just you know I think we could just do a story slam stories about story slam <laughs> but the, the, the moth format that we follow these five minute stories on theme that are true in first person it's a low it's a low barrier to entry so it's easy to come and enjoy and think, it's just four and a half to five minutes on stage. Yeah. I can tell the story and get through it. And mm-hmm. then there's like this. So that's why I, I'm a fan of keeping to that format. A, and my goal is, is all along is to, to bring, make Dayton an official moth city with support from NPR and local affiliate. The closest cities are Detroit, Louisville, and, and, and uh, Pittsburgh for official moth events. So nothing so, in Ohio. Nothing in Ohio. No. And... Um, but at the, the tra- tra- trajectory we're moving, we're, we're moving faster than anybody else doing this sort of thing, because it's Dayton and that's the way we roll. Yeah. But uh, but it's a low point of it's low barrier. To, it's a, very easy to, to get started. It's low pressure. And there's a lady that wanted to tell a story last month, and she's or this last event, and she was nervous and scared. I'm like, you don't understand. Like this audience, they know what they're in for. They come to hear some. They're not going to read or listen to on the radio or anywhere else and you're going to go up there and it's going to be a warm room and and I don't mean that in a very surfacey, superficial way the fans of, of, of Snap Judgment or The Moth or uh, This American Life we were hooked on stories about real people and this is an easy way for someone to to tell a story and to, to free you up or face something I, told, I remember telling a story about uh, something I really did really stupid when I was 21 and something that's shaped my life for the, since this 20 years since then. And I never, ever told my mom about this horrible thing I had. And so I brought her to a story slam. And she learned this truth in the audience about me. I was me. watching your mother. And I wasn't watching you when you yeah. told I was watching your mom. So, But it was this therapeutic sort of cathartic thing. We didn't even have to talk about it afterwards. We drove away and I think my mom just said, thanks for sharing that story and including me. And so there's there's so many benefits of this, but, but I'm a people person, I'm a relationship person, and I truly believe that when you tell stories in this in this format, that the 10, the 10 to 15% of the things that we don't agree on in the world, politics, religion, uh, how... American cars, whatever divides us, our race, our socioeconomic status, that stuff just disappears into the background. And the other 85% of us that link us all together is elevated in a way that nothing else can do that, except when you bear your heart in a room. 
and I've, I've been around it all for, for 10 years in this town and stories nobody leaves there not knowing somebody new or understanding something in a different way that changes your core and, and it's cheap it's easy and now we've made it accessible and, and people can count on it uh, that there's this room available to, to learn about people at the most intimate personal level that you can't find anywhere else I'm, I'm convinced of that that unlike a comedy performance or a musical performance that in comedy and theater and music changes people but in this way you know the person in a different way at that microphone than you knew them five minutes before and it's just a unique uh, opportunity for that to happen that's so awesome. With this being welcome Dayton City, you know, a lot of I, I really want to try to move in that direction of bringing our um, immigrant communities together and and immigrant stories. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, hopefully that that'll come along. But yeah. we yeah, the format we have, we had, we've been brainstorming. Like, did we have two folks from? Where uh, where was the one girl from West Africa? Yeah, yeah. And, and then and then LM who's from She's West African as well. Yeah, yeah. So So what are some of the topics that you guys have planned for uh the upcoming months? The next um for August, the theme is lessons learned. So we started out with failure and then uh, how did I learn from that? <laughs> lessons learned. So we'll just kind of riff on things, you know, it's and if um, maybe there's some kind of something in the air or it's topical you know of course around the holidays you kind of want to have a holiday theme sort of thing but uh we we try to have the theme for the next month ready to announce the during the slam so so somebody has a whole month to kind of dwell on or prepare for something but in that vein of community building children have big big dreams to in six months or a year to host a student story slam where the whole night are just students mm-hmm. or uh, immigrant stories or uh, invention stories. I, the, the, the format lends itself to so many possibilities. So once we get into this rhythm that we we have a room, uh, we have people coming, they enjoy a beer or cocktail, they're going to learn something. I, I think as this gains momentum, we'll be able to, to do things that are a little different or we just work with local schools to host a student slam. Yeah. Between uh, WYSO and when the Metro Library opens with their new stuff, between WYSO and the Dayton most or the Dayton Metro Library, will try to set up some storytelling workshops, instructional kind of things, and then maybe ease people into to this because now that what we're talking about specific is really uh, more adult, and I don't mean adult material, but I mean it's in a bar, you know. Yeah, uh, I guess you could bring a teenager if they have their, you know, parent or something. But, but then we want to make it, you know, available for, you know, um, maybe we'll start doing schools or something. I don't know. Anything goes. But this is this is the next this is the next phase, and it's pretty exciting to have it taken out of the coffee house and really out there. That sounds so cool. And do you guys, just like the moth is on available for podcast listening, mm-hmm. do you guys have any plans to record these and release them as some sort of show? No, or not, not yet. yet. <laughs> I think it's so, you know, this this really has been a fast forward from February when I come back from Louisville and then again in April to begin to put together uh, a team that could that can make this happen. And, and it was Shelly's graciousness to, to allow me to sort of steer the ship a little bit after... She's raised this baby from infancy, 
and uh, you know Lisa Grigsby from MostMetro.com is on board, and she's been a huge uh, supporter and advocate of this program to have an event planner like her uh, to come on board with us. And Brian Petro is doing all of our graphic design. It's been a team event. We've really been focused those last four months just on launching, and we had a successful launch. So this if is, we do something, like it would probably be with YSO because I'm still a producer there and. Izzy, come over anytime. Yeah, absolutely. And and if grab you, some clips. Uh, if you well, need if you need stuff, come come join us. If you, well, what I was yeah. saying was, that, you know, a lot of podcasters uh, they use something like a Zoom H6, which is what mm-hmm. I have here, or a Zoom H4n, which is the yeah. recorder I had before. And you basically just plug that thing into yeah. a board, and then you capture mm-hmm. the audio. Awesome. Yeah, I have a Marantz I use for YSO stories. Yeah, um, that's a nice little handheld too you can put in the board and grab some b-roll yeah you, i mean <laughs> if, you, if you were able to capture some of those stories and release yeah. them locally I th- that would be cool but, yeah oh yeah yeah um well cool let, let people know uh social media where they can follow story slam or a website i, I know mm-hmm. you said go to facebook pretty much mm-hmm. where you can find all the info but any place else that you guys want people to go uh steer them to and personal like, think of I'll tell you, if, well. if people are interested in stories and want to have a good glimpse of what we're doing I would encourage them to visit the moth T-H-E moth dot yeah. org yeah. Mm-hmm. see some stories you can watch them some of my favorite storytellers are there uh, they'll give you tips on how to storytell too we always hand out um, information like I'll print from the moth on from the pros here's how they encourage you to learn to tell your story a good just, story follow us on Facebook Story Slam 2Ms Dayton at Facebook, and uh, you'll see we're constantly sharing tips and the great clips from uh, The Moth and, and uh, This American Life and other places are telling great stories. Story and Core story is core another is one. Great one. Yeah. It's Story C O R P. Story Core is really good. And they also, and, and Transom, uh, Transom.com is, is a great storytelling thing, but they also offer a lot of resources for equipment. Like you and I were just talking, our nerd talk about radio, you know, like the Zoom or the Marantz or which you want sure mics. Do you want, you know, so uh, Transom is a really good um, uh, resource for people who want to take it to another level. That's right. <laughs> now, um, um, all right. So uh, you guys go check Story Slam Date now. I think you guys will have a good time. Like make this a community event like it's up to you guys out there listening you might be at your job or you might be jogging right now or you know on a road trip and you want someplace to go maybe you do have a story go meet up get your name picked we want to hear your story yeah share your story share your story <laughs> um, but we'll go out on the podcast now with some storytelling from song from a band called Dulahan, which they're a local Irish folk band and they have a song called Mr. Patterson's John Boats, and it tells the story of uh, back in the Dayton flood. Uh, Patterson had all these boats that saved a bunch of people's lives, and uh, Doolahan tell the story through that, and I think this will be a good way to go out. Yeah. Thank you for Excellent choice. Here. Thanks, Izzy. Thanks, Izzy. Sunday with the hearts don't pass through 
Some thank God it was too warm for snow With the rain we would have to do But none of it bled into the frozen ground And the rivers they began to swell No one knew what lie before us But the next few days would tell Well I lived my life close to the river And she'd always been a friend to me her face was an angry scowl It was a terrifying sight to see Well, the factory whistles and the church bells toll And the warning cries through the air The great Miami breached her banks Everybody better be prepared Well, the water rushed in when the levee broke Came pouring through our front door We ran scared up the stairs And we huddled on the second floor it kept rising and we fled to the attic There was brown water all around And we prayed Mr. Patterson's John Bull To come take us to the higher ground They were hanging on porches and fire escapes They were stranded on roofs and walls Well, the big man's charge to the MCR We got a building opportunity Well, the workshops churned and the paddles turned And the lifeboats came to be Well, the water rushed in when the levee broke Came pouring through our front door We ran scared up the stairs And we huddled on the second floor it kept rising and we fled to the attic There was brown water all around And we prayed Mr. Patterson's John Boat To come take us to the higher ground Well, the night was dark and cold and long And we were thankful not to be alone a distant blast It was a sound we had never known And the sky was glowing With an eerie red With the downtown catching fire People watching lies Being swept away With the water getting higher And higher and higher and higher Well, the water rushed in When the levee broke it came pouring through our front door We ran scared up the stairs And we huddled on the second floor There was brown water all around And we prayed Mr. Patterson's John Bull To come take us to the higher The water rushed in when the levee broke It came pouring through our front door We ran scared up the stairs And we huddled on the second floor It kept rising and we fled to the attic There was brown water all around Mr. Patterson's John Bull to come take us to the higher ground.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.